are flying out like endless rain into a paper cup. They slither wildly as they slip away across the universe. This is I Don't Get It, the one and only pop culture get off my lawn cast. Featuring the open-minded musings of two early 40s curmudgeons staring down the prospect of entertainment irrelevance. I am one of two co-hosts, and my name is Bill Scurry of American Caesar Enterprises, and I'm joined, as always, by... The other of two co-hosts, I am Noah Tarno of The Big Quiz Thing, the trivia game show Spectacular. Oh, what do we got today, Bill? Man, we have pop culture served up hot, piping, and fresh... Well, only uh, about five years old, but okay. Yeah, right. It's, it's not fresh at all. It's actually... Although, well, no. I mean, it, there's like a movie coming out or something. It, this might be its peak of relevance later this year. It it took a little while to build, but I, I think this is, you know, we're definitely hitting while the iron is still uh, balmy, I suppose. Yeah, balmy. Like so we're talking yeah. about Steven Universe, a Cartoon Network mm-hmm. cartoon that originated in 2013, created by a woman named, and and she's since labored herself non-binary, but I think for just the, she does say she goes by the she pronoun, so we're, we, we're going to use the term she, because I think it's permissible. She uses they... I, I don't know. I mean, we're just we're uh, just trying to make. If she uses, if she's okay with she, can we stick yes. with she? Yeah, I'm we're going to stick with she. Thank Good, you. we're going to do it. All okay, right. so Rebecca Sugar, like she is the first uh, female person to make a cart to be the showrunner or the creator of a cartoon on Cartoon Network, which seems preposterous with all the weird like uh, brandy type stuff that br- not brandy like liquor, but the, the their brand is strangeness, and it's like Bra- this, brandish, 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 brand esque. Yeah. That she's the first female showrunner of a cartoon it seems ridiculous, but I guess that's the business. That's the, that's all businesses. That's just not the business. So yeah, this. This, uh, I mean, not that that's the only reason we're, we're covering this, but that's certainly one of the pieces of a bullet point trivia here. So the uh, premise here is that there are three crystal gems, a, a these personae of garnet, amethyst, and pearl. They look like women, uh, and they have almost like superpower characteristics. You know, they're, they're, they're adorned with uh, these different colored gems, and they each have a, a, like a, a set of uh, abilities that they can manifest, very much like... Again, Marvel Comics characters, that sort of thing you'd understand. So they live in an ancient beachside temple. They protect humanity from <laughs> monsters and other yeah. threats. Uh, they're, they're ageless alien warriors. There's a whole mythology about the gems that give them their powers. They're invested with personalities, and there's ideas of an inheritance yeah. and what happens. Also, it's a, it's, a, it's a comedy. The way you describe it makes it sound like She-Ra kind of thing. Yeah, well, I mean... Pl- it's played straight face, but this is played very much for humor. It and is. Of course, I'm sorry, interrupt. You haven't gotten to the most important part. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the Steven Universe part is, is yeah. probably the, the most important part. So Steven yeah, Universe exactly. is, is a human hybrid boy, I guess you'd describe him. He's sort of he's, a, he's half human, half gem person. Gem, gem pretty, yeah, he's he's a doughy yeah. little he's the doughy little weenie. Uh, he probably I mean, <laughs> how, how old do you think he's supposed to be, Noah? I, I couldn't really tell. Uh, Twelve. Yeah, twelve. Yeah, I mean, he has a little bit of a romance with his friend Connie, so okay, yeah, he can't be too. I mean, looking at him, a drawing of him, you'd be forgiven for thinking he's six, but yes, yes, his personality is definitely at least tween. Yeah, his um, characteristic is that under his shirt, in his in place of his navel, is like a large ruby. Uh, there's like a pink gemstone that is lodged, and that is the source of his power. He was born with it, apparently. It's a birthright thing. So Stephen himself is trying to gradually understand his uh, expanding range of powers and figuring out how they're used. And it turns out there's a—again, Noah's right about the comedy aspect, but it's heavy on mythology— 
The mythology yeah, sounds weightier than the show itself treats it. That's what's so weird is there's this jangle between a pretty rudimentarily drawn and rendered cartoon. I mean, it has a very lively and uh, cartoony design to it, but yet there's this almost like this Tolkien-esque thing in the background that is like mitigating it or muting it a little bit because it has all this weight. So for instance, the gem in his stomach is because his mother was one of these gem warriors and she dissipated herself to give birth to him. But it's almost like he incorporated some part of her anima. You know, we'll, we'll get into it. Um, either way, there there is... <laughs> You know, because these are the, the times that we live in and this is the changes to the business and who actually runs this show and who people is the writing staff and that sort of design uh, pit, it has a heavy LGBTQ theme and content. I mean, really up front. Not so much at the beginning, but definitely towards the most. I think it's out to five seasons now. And yeah, yeah they've, maybe, they've been through five seasons and they're working on a movie apparently. Right, and they're they're ten minute episodes. Ten so, minute, they're very short. But, but yeah. season one was like fifty episodes. Yes, yeah. So yeah, um, yeah I mean, you know, like we're off to, we're off and running. You know, this, this is yeah. we we had an animated marriage between two same sex characters, which yes, I believe we was did. The, it was censored in the UK, but it's the first time we've seen such a thing in a cartoon that is aimed at kids this age. A, a, animated uh, proposal, not a marriage. Okay, but but still, the idea that yeah. they're yeah. intimating yeah, this yeah, is this is the normal the normal world we live in. So um, yeah, anything. anything Anything you care to add, Noah? How do you how do you feel about this? Thing? Well, I, the LGBT. I had heard before I watched it. I had heard about the LGBT thing, and I wondered like how that manifested. And I'm like, oh, are there characters that are non-binary? And there's an episode I watched where Stephen he has a friend who's a um, a girl who's a totally human girl named Connie. She is I don't think they define it, but she's dark skinned. And uh, there's an episode where they fuse. And they, they become Stevani and they become one kind of, I mean, appearing female, but I think the implication was like she kind of looks like a transgender woman or maybe non-binary woman. So they play with stuff like that. And then there's the, the same sex attraction. And one of the biggest issues is not literally um, LGBTQ, but um, Stephen is very not traditionally masculine. He's very emotional. Uh, the, the female gem warriors are, two of them have a very mother figure type relationship with him the third is more amethyst she's kind of like the least responsible of the gem warriors her relationship with steven is more um sisterly yeah uh so he's very much but he's a hero nonetheless you know even though he is stereotype of the wimpy little doughy emotional nerd like he saves the day two-thirds of the time so the show is very much encouraging of not traditional masculine stereotypes and roles mm -hmm. that's all i'll add i mean yeah, so I don't know. You want me to tell you what I, I personally I think of it? I do. That's why I turned on the microphone <laughs> and called you today. Uh, all right. Uh, this is okay. Um, <laughs> it's all right. Uh, I'm, I'm not a fan, and I'm certain. I mean, it, this has gotten hugely popular. I mean, it's inspired its own cosplay uh, subgenre. If you go to Comic Con or whatever, I'm sure you'll see people dressed as minor characters from Steven Universe, and it's very. And it's, games and toys and you know it, it's it's inspired a, a media ecosystem so i'm never remotely going to be that level in fact i might never watch it again it's all right i mean i think you know we need that kind of representation out there as, as someone who considers himself an ally i find steven well in the early episodes he's pretty annoying they kind of ironed out his voice later on and I, I skipped her. I watched the first. I think we both watched a few of the first episodes and then we skipped ahead. First few episodes, Steven's voice is just grating beyond belief. But they kind of iron that out. It's almost like the character goes through puberty. His voice deepens a little. It's kind of stonery. Like, I'm like, this is like red and stimpy for little kids. Like, it's very. Um, 
expressionist in a way and a lot of the plots don't make sense and there's some real creativity with the animation so i guess i'm gonna say like i like this i think this is very well done but like it doesn't affect me at all the whole gem fantasy like that's just not my bag you know and i'm never gonna get into it but I appreciate what it's doing, both from an artistic level and from a representation level. I appreciate it, but I'm not a fan. What about you, my friend? Yeah, I think it is, it's long overdue. Everything you just described, you know, you always put these things perfectly. I feel like you, you've managed to encapsulate exactly what it is that something like this, the appeal of it is, what the value of it is. In highlighting a male person and not making them a linebacker or a, a, a Cobra Commander or, you know, some other traditional variant in the animation world of what boys and or men are expected to be. It is a corrective for all the over-masculine, over-machismo yeah. things that have been there over, you know, over the years. And this show has a mixed writer's room it looked like there's a lot of people making you know a lot of people of a lot of different ethnicities and a lot of different um you know gender persuasions this is what it looks like when you have representation at the top of people creating the show and this is what you get you get a product of definitely the 21st century yeah. however i i really i hated it i mean i just you know, I <laughs> didn't i couldn't i sort of could not stand a single second of it because it was so it was so muling and the character of steven is so uninteresting he's such a whiny little prepubescent nerd and this is where i was filled with this real ambivalence about it because part of me was saying i can't yeah the gemstone thing looks like what i would have called when i was 12 years old like a girl's cartoon it would have looked oh, like totally this, this totally is, this yeah. is feminine and, and toned pink and it's like this is not designed for me and back then it wasn't you know, this is obviously designed for everybody, but it's hard for me to separate the world of today from how I would regard a pink gemstoned female person persona uh, uh, run thing from from today i couldn't stand any of it i just found it like grating i did not i thought very little of it seemed very imaginative to me i've, I've seen gems before i've seen um superpowers i've seen all these things that little doughy kid who just his voice was completely prepubescent and obnoxious it, at the beginning the thing that really put me off was that steven would just blunder around and make these emotionally rash decisions need to be saved do something accidentally to save the yeah. day and that'd be an it. There were no yeah. bad guys. He, he, he was like a Gilligan character. Kind of like a Gilligan, which always yeah. fucking annoyed me. I hated stupid. <laughs> little, I want to just, you know, beat them with a, to death with a yeah. break. They, they should have they should have killed and eaten Gilligan. Bash him with a conch shell yeah. over his head. But Steven Universe is this, uh, there's no conflict. There's no bad guys. There's no tension in anything I've seen. I mean, I bad don't things agree. happen. That's, there's monsters and there's Yeah, but there's no, inte- there's no intelligence. There's monsters and there's quests, but it's situational. And it's like the danger is a fall boulder or, or, or a, a crumbling palace there wasn't a bad guy and I'm not, I'm not saying you need that but I'm saying is like, I guess I need that I mean I've been so trained in my storytelling and especially my cartoons to have a certain shape that this didn't have those things and also hours of playing video games shooting people in the head you know that that's my <laughs> pop culture training says so this is what I look for and if you don't have it it's great because it becomes all of a sudden non-orthodox you know, to everything I'm familiar with. And granted, I'm dancing to the dance card that has been established for the longest time. This show doesn't have the traditional setup. And you have danger and hazard, but it's almost like a puzzle. And it's like puzzle solving doesn't really get me. I don't give a shit about watching a puzzle. You you were mentioning some of the other things that you'd you'd seen. You you saw inside of it a little bit of Ren and Stimpy. I kind of saw a Rick and Morty 
for kids. Oh yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. Um, you that, know, that, you, that that's more to, on the mark. If you remove the grossness of Rick and Morty, the anti-social anti-social trends. If you get rid of the um, crudeness and the harm and all that stuff, and but you keep the same sense of well, the flat two D animation style, uh, the kind of expressionist or uh, impressionist character design, the idea that they're aliens and goblins and staircases to nowhere and waterfalls and all that same stuff appears in Rick and Morty, but this is a little more sanitized and certainly age appropriate. So I, I kind of maybe just wanted to see more Rick and Morty, to be honest. But <laughs> yeah, I, there there was one thing. I think it was the third episode had this. I mentioned the crumbling palace. There was this idea yeah. they had they had to get to like the pinnacle of a crumbling palace and replace this um, idol. And they introduced this little doll called Mr. Queasy that he yeah. brings up in his backpack. And that was like they put the instead of this this fertility idol or whatever it is, they put a Mr. Queasy doll. And it was just a throwaway joke. It was like every time you pick up Mr. Queasy, he's like, oh, kid, be careful. Oh, I don't feel so good. I really like that joke. I, it's just so yeah. stupid. There was nothing that was funny and like not rude, but just like a throwaway. That was one of the most Rick and Morty things I'd seen in there. I watched an episode from, I think it was episode four or season four, where they crossed over with this other Cartoon Network character named Uncle Grandpa. Yeah, and it, that's it the one this, I told you about, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. why I watched it. It had this very Dada-esque thing, and I that didn't go yeah. down very well, just because it's like, I don't really? know the rules. I, I don't know. Oh, I loved was. that. Ep- that was by far my favorite thing I saw. I, I didn't know who Uncle Grandpa was, and I don't know what the rules were. I, I didn't like, know who this... Uncle Grandpa was either, and I loved it. I was lost. I was lost. I sometimes, I like something that's David Lynching, where it's like, oh, we're just doing a thing. Do you like it or not? I'm like, I have to understand what it is before I know if I like it. And it, it got away from me really quickly. There was another episode. It was it was season two, episode one, which I think you said was the Chuck Jones. It was all set on maces, and, and, and they were chasing a little animal around. And it had falling boulders and painted on signs and holes. And it was a very Wiley Coyote and Roadrunner thing. And that was them wearing the yeah. Chuck Jones Looney Tune influences on their, uh, or maybe Tex Avery. Maybe I'm getting the two wrong. That was something I saw. Okay, that that seemed to be outside the mold because it was almost like a, a digression. It was like a sidestep. Like, oh, let's just do this thing. That's a little adventure, a little palate cleanser of something that just pays homage to one of our mentors. I thought it was an exhibition of, of how they can animate and draw. It was clever, but it, it didn't like win me over. We are the crystal gems. We'll always save the day. All right, so Bill, why do you think this show is popular? Why do you think it's inspired such fandom? Why do you think it's become a hit? The fan base, I think, is older than it's intended. I don't think that there... I mean, I'm not <laughs> doubting that there are 12-year-olds who are watching this. But I think that the people who seized onto this, based on what I've seen at Comic-Con, and, you know, and I have seen plenty of... Before I understood what this was, now in retrospect, I go, oh, those are those were Steven Universe characters. It is a heavy female, a young female fan base. I'm saying people... I say young, I mean in their 20s. I think that's who tends to follow into this. I'm not saying exclusively, but I think that this has found a kinship with people who felt underrepresented well, there, before. There aren't a lot of people not in their 20s who do cosplay anymore true enough but there's yeah. a lot of I mean, them come though. on I mean, yeah there's a ton I, of them of course i'm so alien from whether this would have uh, appealed to me i mean we're going to get to that soon enough but the idea is like what 12 year old boy is watching this i'm sure they are out there i don't know and that is a little harder to plumb so i mean i can confidently say that young women or at least people who look like they physically identify 
uh, as women to, to the standard cosplay type person because that's who I bumped into. And people I was talking to, just like last night, I was talking to a podcaster, a comic book expert and a podcaster in Brooklyn. And she's a gigantic fan of this. And she worked very close in age to one another. It's like she found it. So it's like, okay, maybe this is designed for the age group. Maybe like Rebecca Sugar made this show and the people who were her age, because Rebecca Sugar herself is 31 and i think her partner is around that same age too maybe maybe it are maybe it is people who are in their 20s and 30s who found this and maybe that's enough you know we can't quantify just how big a phenomenon it is because first of all what does a phenomenon mean anyway but second of all right. there's no way to know exactly what it is just except for looking at what's the footprint in culture around us and it was easy enough to avoid this for the longest time not really knowing what it was because it wasn't up in my face. Once we start looking at it, we say, okay, there's a dedicated fan base. I mean, the, everything you said in the in your intro about how the um, the representation, I think, is huge. The people see behind the scenes. They, they look and see the strings, and those things matter. It's not just the cartoon on the screen. It has to do with who's making it and why they're doing it. And yeah. I, I'm, all, I'm all on board with that. And it's like, I think that they've, people have found their crowd, and that would maybe explain why this is a, a thing right now. People want to belong. And that's one of my biggest criticisms here is like... I I read a few articles about it and actually some of it some of that kind of annoyed me because it, it just felt effusive praise like supposed journalists who were just kissing the ass of this thing i thought way more than it deserved and i get it people get excited finally some representation yes that's good but like they were praising it more than it deserved because they want to think it's the greatest thing ever your politics can agree with me a hundred percent I'm still not necessarily going to think your art is the greatest thing ever. I mean, there you go. We, we need I, that's to a great way yeah. to put it. Yeah, we need to separate the two. And I say this about Lady Gaga a lot. The song Born This Way, I hate that song. I think that song is awful. <laughs> um, but I like the message of it. I appreciate of the message mm, of it. Sure. So, yeah, I just think that people are – they. <laughs> They want to like this show more than they really like it. But that gets into questions like what means liking it? Like, you know, half of why rock bands are popular is because they look cool. You know, their music is only one piece of the puzzle. Oh, of course! Noah, would you have liked this as a kid? I'm of two minds about this. On the one hand, no, because I was never into gems and crystals and blah, and it is kind of girly. And But on the other hand, I think I would have related to Steven a lot because I was, I wasn't doughy, but I was an emotional little twerp who was in thrall of more powerful women. You know, Steven is an idol for little little turds like me, like I was, you know, in that he is not traditionally masculine, but somehow he's a hero anyway. So I suspect that despite the gem world and all that, I would have found something to really admire in the show. You know, I you could still be a hero, even if you're the little nerd. And I think that's a conscious choice on the part of the show. And I appreciate that. You know, I'm not LGBTQ, but I am one of those kids. So I guess it is representing me in a way. And I think subconsciously, I might have latched onto that as a child. I might have been embarrassed to admit it. I suspect in my private moments, I might have dialed it up on Hulu and watched it. Uh, what mm. about you? Tiger, tiger, burning bright. I'm... <laughs> Sensing too much fearful symmetry uh, yeah. between to quote to quote William Blake between me and Steve. Yeah, and it's like no. The, Most people the aesthetic William. Didn't William Blake write an episode in season three? Of Steven <laughs> I think he did. <laughs> I think he did too many cooks for Adult Swim. Yes, that would make sense. All right. But I think uh, too much of Steven Universe. 
I would have seen in, in myself. I, I don't exactly know how much I would have resembled it, but I think it would have struck my insecurities of, do I do I look like this? Does my voice sound like this? Am I doughy? By the way, one of the things I really hate about, I mean, I hate, hate, hate about Steven Universe is that he, he fucking wears flip-flops all the time. That is such a bad character <laughs> design. I, you're, this you're is like the my reason. Sister. My sister has this hatred. It's like she's I bad enough speak. with women wearing open toe shoes in public, but men open toe shoes in public. It's she bad. Flies it's bad. Into a rage. You know what? I I can't get down with Smee from Peter Pan because Smee wears like <laughs> uh, sandals, and I'm like, God, wow, Smee, is, just, you got to make a better specific, fucking decision. Dude. Oh, it's yeah. terrible. I hate those character models. Yes, the gemstone things. I think th- those are. Uh, yeah, that that you, you said girly. I mean, I think when we use the term girly, what we mean is thinking of it back as a kid. I'm not saying that's bad. I'm just saying that 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 is what we describe things that were not designed for us. And they were coded specifically to say you don't need this. There's something else for you. And there's something that is green and camouflage and metal colored, like Cobra Commander's face shield, that is coded for me. It's like okay, great. I'm comfortable because you told me this is for me. I get it. And yes, yeah. I'm, I believe in Transformers. I believe in Optimus Prime. I believe I, in He-Man. I believe in I, Transformers. I do. I. I live there. It's Cause, fine. Because you like, believe but, in you. Yeah. But perhaps the idea that I would have seen too much of the we what I would see as weak or undesirable qualities in Steven, that the show is not showing in any way to be weak or undesirable. It's just merely a character in full. There's no way I could have separated that. And and there's no way I can do that today. There's I mean, I am I am it's too late for me. I am already dead. Late. <laughs> what the kids of today and, and tomorrow need to do is learn a better lesson than me so they don't get stuck with their heads up their own asses like mine is. Right. And right. you have this immovable sense of self and or what's appropriate for me or what, I, you know, or what activates my own insecurities. I mean, but it's like I can't believe that kids today, their insecurities are activated just as well by TV shows. And this is a good, honest, you know, fair play attempt at trying to show somebody, like you said, it's, this is not a little useless monster who the show just kicks around and says, oh, Steven, you little weenie, you know, you're useless, but we love you anyway. They honestly do. The show's built around him. Yeah. But are there kids today who would look at it and still feel the same way I did about it. I mean, is it possible that you yeah, did I, not, not get the same lesson that I did? I think there are some. I mean, look, the term we haven't brought up is toxic masculinity. Uh, and, you know, I think society is just starting to come to grips with that. It is a problem. It's plagued me all my life. This is Garnet, back together. And I'm never going down at the hands of the likes of you because I'm so much better. And every part of me is saying, go get her. The two of us ain't gonna follow your rules. Come at me without any of your fancy tools. Let's go, just me and you. Let's go, just one on two. So, Bill, is the uh, is the success, is the existence of Steven Universe a sign of apocalyptic impendingment? Uh, no, to be to be specific, uh, as you are always with your diction. Uh, no, it's funny in this show how we come upon so many things that are like post Malone, which just make my fucking skin crawl. <laughs> and then there are weird, there are weird things. I mean, I guess that's the whole point of doing the show is to come upon things that are cultural panacea, that are correctives, things that are like we hope we find just as many. Like the balance scale should be zero by the time we're all done with this whole podcast project. We should find as many good things as we find horrible things. For all those reasons, that this is a good thing. I mean, for me, it comes. 30 years too late. You know, I, I can't do anything with it. Bury me, start throwing shovelfuls of dirt on me, you know, <laughs> put it, put a single rose on my grave because I'm gone and, and that's the end of it for me. But people, you know, looking to the future, 
this is the kind of teaching that people should have been doing a long time ago. You know, we're, we're just stuck years and years and years trying to do triage to make it better uh, or somehow more sustainable that, that people are humane to one another and that today's little... You know, today's little goblin becomes tomorrow's society monster. So, no, there's nothing apocalyptic about it. I mean, you know, it's clever enough. The people who are doing this are the right people. I hope there are more people like Rebecca Sugar given the wheel. That kind of person has been kept out of these decisions. They've been working in animation since the beginning of time, right? Weren't they, weren't all the uh, cell painters back in the days of Walter Lance and Woody Woodpecker? Weren't they all, um, those were female artists who Wal- would sit there, right? Walter Lance and Woody Woodpecker, those those colleagues, they hung out with each other. Sorry. Well, you said beginning of time. We're talking about cave painters then, right? Yeah, right. They would, they, they, yeah. The guy would come in and do the outlines, but people, women would come in and fill in the actual. Uh, yeah, the, exactly, the, of the ibex and the, the deer, <laughs> the the deer pilts. So, no, I mean, it's it's a corrective. It's it's long overdue. I think that this is, there's nothing apocalyptic about it. Even if this doesn't apply to me, even if I'm, I'm trying to reach and grab to find what the charms would be for, for myself, it's like, you know, only an idiot would not see the value of something like this on the landscape right now. Unfortunately, we got a lot of idiots here in this country, especially. So while I agree with you, I just want to add that this is one of those topics that there are a sizable number of people out there who literally think it's a sign of the apocalypse. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think I said that when we talked about uh, RuPaul's Drag Race. Fucking idiots. Yeah. Boys should be masculine. So I'm, I'm guessing um, you, you two do not think it's a sign of the apocalypse. No. No. I mean, you know, my mega church pastor tells me it is. I resist, <laughs> I resist some of his teachings. Why would you want to be here? What do you ever see here that doesn't make you feel worse than you do? And tell me what's the use of feeling? Is your rank hatred, your d- d- just just fucking atomic fire that you have built up about Steven Universe, is that somehow building jealousy? There's a little part of me that wants to nitpick on this because, you know, I'm getting old and this woman's a lot younger than me and people are hailing her as some kind of genius. No, I just, I'm a little jealous. Yeah, I'm jealous because the, like I mentioned, the um, the puff pieces seem a little out of proportion. So the the jealous part of me is like, well, where's my fucking puff piece? Uh-huh. Again, if I were really upset about that, I'd be in a constant state of rage until the end of time. Either that or I'd be a hermit sitting in a cave. So yeah, no, I'm not jealous. What about you? Are you jealous that your beloved G.I. Joe cartoon doesn't get the encomiums that Steven Universe gets? Hey, uh, G.I. Joe really broke down some barriers in terms of... Uh, <laughs> Gender representation, yeah. right? Men with steel masks. Uh, yes. Yeah, it wasn't until G.I. Joe that women could wear jodhpurs in a mainstream <laughs> cartoon. Yeah. Uh, yeah, right. It was okay for women to wear glasses and be a bad guy at the same yeah, time. Yeah, That's, that was a new concept. I don't think I'm. Re- I don't know. I don't think I'm resentful of it at all. First of all, I have no aspirations for for telling stories. It's not that my whole idiom, even for for fantasy fiction, if I had anything to do with it, was based on the idea of, of gooey uh, gumdrop worlds and and Shiva temples built into mountaintops and and gems and all that stuff. So it's like craft wise, no. There's there's nothing that comes at me that says uh, Rebecca Sugar got to something that that uh, you know I had eyes on but didn't act fast enough in, in trying to close a deal on. If I could. Uh, stand on maybe the idea that steven universe makes me feel insecure i don't know if that's the same as um i don't know if that's an envy thing it is a psychology 
obviously, I think I'm identifying or at least coughing up this psychological bit where the character of Steven Universe, the reason why as a child he would not, I would have looked at him as a, as a pathetic figure. I mean, and that that is, it's not envy, but it is a revulsion that comes from a, d- a deep level that, I mean, I'm comfortable enough admitting these things on a podcast. I don't feel ever threatened by coming up with shit like that. If it's, it's from a deep place, I'm fine with it. It's like, let the world know that I have these insecurities and it doesn't cost me anything to, to admit them. If anything, it makes maybe someone will have a little more, um, it's just more perspective in hearing me bullshit about this natter on endlessly from my position to say, okay, that's where it's coming from. You know, my the friend Alana I was hanging out with last night was saying that, you know, like this to her could clearly, you know, what could be greater than this? And I think she was a little mystified that I just wasn't on board with it. I think some people don't know, like, what's the antipathy inside of it. They just, it's, it's this great thing that they just see great things through. But that's my point is I think people, they like it, but they kind of push themselves to like it more than they really like it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Well, if they're championing it, yeah. I mean, and I, I can't get, I, I can't be bothered by that. I mean, that's, yeah, that's I, I, it's not worth getting. Also, since it isn't just a big pile of shit, it's not like stuff that I, people love and I just think is garbage. That yeah, stuff that's true. makes me yeah. fly into a rage. I don't think this is garbage at all, but I'm not a Republican. So I don't feel that something that personally bothers me should be, you know, is flat out wrong and un-American. So here, I got a question. There's so, your political content of the episode. So do you think that Rebecca Sugar and the rest of the people who made this show, do you think, I mean, what they were doing, they came by it pretty honestly, and it didn't seem to be provocative. And yet it is a very provocative thing. Do you think that they went about doing it in such a way that they knew they had a culture comp ahead of them? I think, again, I don't know this person. Although I'll tell you what I'm jealous of. I wish I had a name as interesting as Rebecca Sugar. That's a right. cool name. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't know what's in her or any other creator's brains. But I like to imagine. So the story I read is she was she worked on Adventure Time. Yeah. That's That was where she got her bona fides. She worked on Adventure Time. And basically there was like this call that Cartoon Network was like, hey, people who already work on our shows, give us new ideas. And she threw out this idea, and it, it, it rose to the top. And I imagine, from what I know of LGBT people, that many of them are always looking for a way to get, A, represented more, and B, represent them to look at, how do I get myself represented more in a, in a welcoming, fun, not confrontational, not angry, not off-putting way? And she very wisely said, all right, here's a fun cartoon that could appeal to all sorts of different people, but it'll have the message that I think needs to be expressed more in our society. So I'm going to guess that she did intend for it. What I like is that it's not heavy-handed. It's not, you know, I, I imagine kids, I imagine there is there are some crazy right-wing nutsos out there whose kids love the show and their parents are too stupid to object to it because the, the good messages are hidden enough. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 sure. And they don't pick up on it. So so that's, uh, my opinion, that's the smart way to do it, especially if you're trying to get through to kids. The positive meaning of sugarcoat, you cover something in a, in a delicious candy shell so that the medicine goes down more easily. Yeah. Um, but so I, yeah, I, I think I think they intended it, sure. I appreciate that. Someone comes I, to, I don't know, maybe not. Someone comes to fight, like, yeah, I think you're right, is that they decided that they, they built something that wasn't heavy-handed with, with a lot of, like, you know, fishing lures on the outside that tele- telegraphed immediately what the thing is. If 
you know, there was this idea that, hey, you know, this is going to start a fight and we're ready for it. If you put that content, if you put those meanings, at, you know, whether or not how, how shallow they are to the surface or how deep they are buried, someone's going to find them and someone's going to bitch about it. So just by putting them in there, I think you're being confrontational. And man, I am here for that. And it's like, I love that. So it's like, if you look at pictures of Rebecca uh, Sugar online, she looks like this tiny curly haired, you know, big spectacled woman from, uh, I forget where she's from. Um, oh, Delaware. She's from Delaware. But, you know, she doesn't look like the kind of person who's going to like put the Vaseline on their face and pull their earrings out for a fight. And it's right. like, I really like that idea that she was like, no, nah, man, we came loaded for bear because she doesn't look like the kind of person who's spoiling for a fight. But it's like they got one, uh, you know, and it's like and you have to imagine they knew what they were in for. I mean, again, they're not like roadhouse, but there is a there is a tilt. You know, there's a scrap going roadhouse. on that they're doing a good yeah. job of, which I, I really appreciate because, you know, again, I'm not I'm not a combatant. I'm not a I'm a pacifist. I personally would always avoid doing something that would provoke people no matter how much i believe in the thing that i believe needs to be put out there and provoke people i wouldn't do it just because i don't i don't, I don't spoil for a fight i googled uh steven universe protest and i found a change.org uh, petition censor lgbt themes in steven universe i loved watching steven universe with my kids but same-sex relationships is not a topic that should be discussed in children's programming this person does not know about apostrophes the kiss between Ruby and Sapphire was over the top for a children's cartoon. We are signing this petition for Cartoon Cartoon Network, all one word, <laughs> to censor current episodes Jailbreak and Rose's Scalbard to exclude LGBT themes and to censor future episodes. Well, that's intelligently put. And every response is like, you're an idiot. Children need to learn that homosexuality isn't supposed to be shunned. You're an idiot. This does not push homosexuality onto them. If that's your reason for censoring it, obviously you are a terrible parent. And then, what's another one? The uh, Warning to parents, pro-gay cartoons are on the rise. Yes. From LifeSightNews.com. Oh, and they have a picture of Adventure Time. That's a credible news uh, site. Yeah, pro, yeah. <laughs> Christian media watchers. You know what? The term Christian has ceased to have any meaning now that they like yeah. Donald Trump. No, it's garbage. It's uh, not. They're upset. Every show, they're naming every possible show I've ever heard of here. Just stop. Just stop. So, so Bill, on the Felonian scale, the Jimmy Felonian scale, where does Steven Universe fall? Oh, man, that's a good question. Uh, it's a tough one because it's like I, I'm, I'm stuck with so much ambivalence about what I liked about it and where it falls. It's clearly something that's good, but it's not something I liked. Uh, we've, we've had a lot of those, though. We've had no, this I, is not my thing at all, but it's pretty good. I know there's you know, been a, there's blah, been a, blah, blah. right there's been a few, but the thing is, it's like it's also the animation category. I think the last time we talked about a cartoon was the, the I really didn't like the freaking ladybug and ladybug and, and noir and cat noir Chat noir cat noir yeah yeah you know there's been a couple of cartoons in a row that I just I Princess Elena and and you know a few things like that which is like oh they're good you know what maybe maybe I'll put it a slightly above Elena Elena. Princess Elena, whatever that was, yeah. it's like that had I don't, there was I don't care anymore. Yeah, there was <laughs> a representation theme. This is more. This is even pushing it more. Like you know, the Christians were not going to get up on a change out of work about Princess Elena because it was merely just um, you know people who were coded as 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 Latinx. This is something that is even heavier. So I think it's to me it's more vital. It's bigger. It's more fightier than Princess Elena. So I, I maybe give it that kind of thing, but a few ticks higher. Let's put it that way. I put this uh, between Flex Seal. It's got the it's got the 
the the stonerisms of Flex Seal, but it's got the LGBT but not my thing of RuPaul's Drag Race. I don't find it nearly as annoying as RuPaul's Drag Race. Okay. So yeah. it is Flex Seal divided by RuPaul's Drag or multiplied by RuPaul's Drag Race divided by the square root of Death Note. <laughs> <laughs> See, Death Note is still, for me, the gold standard of animation that we've done on the show. No, no, it's, it's a completely different... It's, it's like fucking Apples and Buicks. It's a completely different thing. Apples and Buicks. Right, but it's like... Hey, it, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, all right, all right. Apples and Buicks. That's the name of my new comedy album, Apples and Buicks. So that's the end of another action-packed episode of... Uh, action-packed. Two, two men offending everybody in sight with their uh, myopic uh, uh, revanche interviews. We like to call I Don't Get It. So if you want to find past episodes of this show, we're on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher. Tweet to us at Noah and Bill Show. Write to us, Noah and Bill Don't Get It at gmail.com. Visit I Don't Get It Podcast.com. Give us a review. Just a little bit of a programming note. We are taking a one-episode hiatus next week. Sorry to hear about that. Uh, we've kind of planned poorly between February and March. We've had I've had some traveling coming up. Me and, me and my wife are going to Amsterdam, and so we're just, yeah. Yeah, it's, well, it's tough life, my friend. Oh, it's good. It's good. Unfortunately, it plays havoc with the podcast. We just took a two-week break for, for another thing that was weird, so, you know, we got some weird thing coming up here for this. Anyway, just and put at the, the at the end of the month, I'm going to your favorite place. You're going, going to, to Disneyland. I love it. See? I everyone everyone have should you, go. Have you, have you, you've been to land. I've been to land a few times, yeah. Okay, look at you. You, you you try to psychoanalyze that. Good luck. Uh, yeah. So back to the uh, back to the <laughs> back <laughs> so, back to things I want to talk about. Okay. Uh, I I, uh, I am on Twitter at William Scurry. I am on YouTube at AM Caesar. And this guy here, Noah Tarno, where are you at? At at Noah Tarno, but really more about the big quiz thing. Bigquizthing.com. Live trivia events, the greatest live trivia events in the history of all humanity, uh, for corporate and private parties anywhere you are. Uh, bigquizthing.com. Great. So, uh, yeah, okay. We'll, we will see you when we see you. And, and I will leave you upon reviewing Steven Universe with this one little bit of wisdom. Clarence is better. Watch that instead. <laughs> okay. Good to know. Bye-bye. A production of American Caesar Enterprises 2019.